life can get pretty complicated. In the Simply Practically Human podcast, Mark LeBusque talks to incredible humans to see the way forward more clearly through the complexity in the world and in our heads. Let's get ready to thrive. G'day there, fellow human beings. Mark LeBusque here for a, another episode of the Self-Indulgent Solo Simply Practically Human podcast. Coming to you today from a dreary and overcast Melbourne town, but uh, we are uh, pretty much out of lockdown now, so there's a lot to be hopeful about and a lot to look forward to. Just wanted a quick shout out to some people who've sent me some lovely notes after listening to a couple of my recent solo podcasts, to Gab, who sent me a lovely note today to say that I could see myself in that last podcast about toxic workplaces and how things were keeping me where they wanted me to be. And uh, once I broke out of that, I've become Gab again. So thank you very much to, for sharing that. And some others who have just said that's giving me little moments of, I guess, courage to go back into my workplace and just try some different things. And even though these people are saying that, you know, it's tough and it's being met with some resistance, they know it's the right thing to do. So it warms my heart, fellow humans, to hear that, these little 20-minute versions of the Simply Practically Human podcast are having an impact and uh, encouraging you to keep sharing them with your friends if you think they can learn, your friends, your work colleagues, your family, whoever it might be. Uh, if there's one little thing they can pick up that's going to reinforce some of what they already do or what they know or maybe give them some things to practice, I would be delighted if you kept sharing that. So today, where am I heading to today? As I usually do, I will uh, pick my way back through a whole myriad of things I've written, whether it's LinkedIn articles or some other bits and pieces for the PR company I've been working with. Um, and today, I wanted to focus on this idea of becoming more human as a manager. It's quite an interesting one because I have been asked on many occasions now in interviews with some publications about so, you know, how can we become more human? What, what do we need to do to become more human during these COVID times? And, I, and I'll say, I don't want to use the idea of post-COVID because we're not post-COVID, but, you know, coming to where we are now, and that can ebb and flow, we all know that, that what do I need to change about myself to become more human in the workplace? And um, I find that quite fascinating, uh, fellow humans, because what does it mean? Like my response is usually, what do you mean by more human? Usually what comes back then is, well, you're the human guy, so you should be able to tell us that. And my response is just, should we just be human? Can we be more human or should we tap back into what it is that makes us uh, human, the hard wiring that is within us and has been within us for for thousands and thousands of years, that, that need for connection, that need for a sense of belonging, tapping into what I think incorrectly tagged as our soft skills, but tapping more into our human skills. And um, so I'm going to share some things today that I reckon are really obvious. And I'm hoping that a lot of you, as I share these things, are going to be like ticking them off going, yep, I do that. Uh, yeah, I do that. And it could just be a reminder for you to continue to do those things. If you're not doing them, I just want to encourage you to maybe start to experiment, explore and embed them into what you do because there's no time like the present for us to really embrace what it is to be human, whether it be in the workplace or outside of the workplace. 
But before we get there, I just wanted to share, as I do, I always like to find a quote, and this quote is one that I did feature in my first book, Being Human, Why Robots Are Not the Answer to Business Success, by a gentleman by the name of Mortimer Adler. And this is sort of focused around the concept of learning and growth. And Mortimer said this, the purpose of learning is growth and our minds, unlike our bodies, can continue growing as long as we live. You know, that old adage that we hear that, you know, you can't teach old dogs new tricks or people are stuck and they, they're stuck in a certain way and that's the way they are and that's the way they've always been. Maybe, just maybe, think about this for a minute, that's how they keep coming up in the disc profile or the whatever it is that we use, the um, different psychometric profiling or what I call corporate astrology. So we sort of pigeonhole ourselves and we pigeonhole other people and I really want you to start to consider that uh, as long as you are breathing, fellow humans, you have the opportunity, you have the capacity, you have the capability to continue to grow and to learn. And that is a mindset shift and it can be a challenging one, but it is one you need to think about. And a way to get there is to, I reckon, start to step away from what I call looking for the solution too quickly in something you've done before and be treating this idea of bringing more humanity into your management style as an adaptive challenge rather than as a a technical fix. And what I mean by that is, is that these changes and these adaptive challenges, they require us to make changes to our values, our beliefs and our behaviours. And that is really, really challenging, particularly if this might mean we need to step away from something that's made us successful. So again, I've spoken about adaptive leadership before, the great work of Heifetz and Linsky. This work is really challenging. This work is a long game. The game of human is a long game and it's not a short-term fix. So one of the things I want you to consider before you head out and get that book or you follow that two-by-two or you chase that latest workplace fad or perhaps you arrange a one or two day offsite to become more human in the workplace. Just step back from that for a moment. Do what uh, Heifetz says and get up on the balcony and look down on what's going on. So why are we talking about becoming more human? What has happened in the workplace that would lead us to this hypothesis about what would happen if I was more human than I may have been? And start to look at those things before you go for what I'm going to say the easy fix, which could be let's write a new policy or a new procedure. Um, Let's create a new set of values that sit on the wall and that we tend to ignore after some time because we go back to old habits. So I reckon the first step here is to just acknowledge that we have had opportunities to be very, very human to be, in essence, what it is to be human in the workplace. So just be thinking about what has it been that maybe has knocked you off the pathway of being human and maybe sent you somewhere else to become, I I might suggest, a little bit more robotic in the way that you engage with people, treat people, and that could even be dependent upon the levels that they are in the business. So what hasn't changed is that the world does move at an incredible pace and it seems to be really challenging to find that time 
to do the work of self, to do the work of human, and just to stop, get up on the balcony and look down. And the best place to start that, my uh, fellow humans, is what I say simply to get the mirror out. And rather than facing that mirror outwards is to face that mirror inwards. So the first place to start is to get the mirror, turn it on yourself, take a minute to look into that mirror and ask yourself this question. What am I learning to adapt about myself to keep up with the change in whether it's my workplace or the broader world? So what am I learning to do to adapt? What am I looking into the mirror about with myself and seeing some things that are really, really useful for me that I'm going to continue to do. Also seeing some things that may have been useful for me in the past, but will no longer be useful that I may need to discard. And this is really, really the challenging piece. This work is hard because it's going to require you to make some change. It's going to require you to ignore the stories that are thrown at you from your bad news filing cabinet about if I change, then I'm going to lose certain things and challenge you to open up the door to your good news filing cabinet to start to imagine what some things could be like for you if you stepped more and tapped more into your humanness. I think that's a word. I'm not sure, but we'll, uh, we'll go with that. So there's a couple of answers that can come up to this question when you ask it. And I'm going to say there's the easy answer or there's the hard answer when you start to look in the mirror. And the easy answer or what I call the flaky answer usually gets us defaulting to the usual technical fixes on things that really are becoming more and more irrelevant, particularly in a time and in some circumstances we find ourselves in of significant change, significant disruption, is that historical technical fixes are not going to fix things that we are not 100% sure how to deal with. This two-year event that we've been going through and that, that, that continues to occur is not something that any of us has faced before. So whilst we may have the greatest intention to find some sort of technical fix to, to fix this up, it's really about starting to look at, well, what do I need to change about my beliefs what do I need to change about my behaviours and what do I need to change about what I value to be able to make real human progress here? You could also be in what we call self-deception mode and playing the role here of the victim. As a manager, I know I did when, um, when COVID hit, having been working for five or six years and pretty much 99% of my work being in the room, I absolutely went into victim mode and started to think about all of the things that were happening to me that I couldn't control. And I've talked about this before, pretty much went about having a two-week pity party to talk about all of the things that I could feel sorry about for myself, my business. It's not going to work anymore. Poor me. I don't know what I'm going to do. So sort of trying to get out of that victim mentality and, and step into something where you get above that noise you get off the dance floor and onto the balcony and start to look at things differently. There was a great need then for me to start to change my beliefs about how the work could work, my behaviours around the ego that I had that said I had to be in the room and also what I valued. And, and I think there's something for all of us to think about in those three. What are some of those things that happened 
and what have happened in the last two years that have really started to make you look past being the victim and more into the space of what are the opportunities rather than what the problems. So you can come out of the other side of this shitstorm that we've found ourselves in for the last two years with a much more adaptive and learning mindset, uh, an open mindset than a closed one that, you know, it's all storm clouds and, and, and shit days ahead for me. You might also be thinking, as I did, if you didn't have to deal with COVID-19 and the people stuff as well, like dealing with people's hard enough at the best of times. And maybe you start to ask yourself this question as well. Why didn't they teach me about this stuff at the business school I went to when I did that MBA or whatever it was that I did? And good, good for you if you've done an MBA. I, I congratulate your perseverance and your persistence. But it's interesting that a lot of what is taught in universities and, and through that sort of academia has not really readied people for what we've faced in the last two years. So there's sort of the looking outwards, you know, COVID's done this to me, my work has done this to me, circumstances have done this to me. There's a whole lot of reasons that we can find to look outwards, but I'm going to really encourage you now to look inwards and embrace that moment of vulnerability and reflecting to what we call the known unspokens and looking at that other side of you that is kept you keep hidden from the world you operate in. And it's having a real conversation with yourself to start to unpick some of the things that you don't want to see, some of the things that you don't want to divulge about yourself to yourself or to others because they can be seen as signs of weakness that you will be thinking or your bad news filing cabinet will be throwing stories at you saying you can't be like that because you're going to lose your identity, you're going to lose your status, you're going to lose some things. And what I'm talking about there is, is the human side of you. It's your feelings and emotions, the beliefs on what it is to be human and what it could be. You know, what you at times are fighting hard against every working day to suppress because you feel like you won't fit in, particularly if you show vulnerability some compassion, some of that self-awareness. Perhaps you'll be ridiculed. Perhaps you won't be treated like you used to be because you're starting to sound and act and feel a bit differently. But I want to say to you in that situation, fellow humans, is that those are the moments where true leadership and true acts of leadership start to happen when you start to push against yourself to start with about the stories and the beliefs and the values and the behaviours. Start to get your own shit sorted out and then start to look outwards and then start to challenge with good intention the system. And I think this is sort of at the nexus of, of this idea of being more human. We don't need to be more human. We need to be human. And we need to bring some of those things back in again. You know, those feelings and emotions are really, really important because... There's a lot of talk about the demands of two years into COVID. And I think those demands and, and the changes and everything that's gone on, they've always been there. Restructures, immediate changes in strategy, headcount freezes, sudden cost reduction initiatives, you know, acquisitions, back-to-back -back meetings, busyness. I've talked about the busy fool syndrome, meeting and exceeding targets, weekly reviews, knowing your competitors' next move managing up to keep your boss happy, looking like you know what you're doing day to day, keeping an eye out on the political landscape to make sure you're in the in crowd and keeping your people motivated, 
keeping your customers happy, all of these things, and there's so many of them, they were there before COVID. They're now during COVID and whatever COVID looks like in the next year or two or whatever, I don't want to talk about after COVID because I don't think there is an after COVID. All of those things can feel, I think, like a bit of a giant boa constrictor that slowly called itself around you until your body, mind and spirit are crushed. And your opportunity here is, again, to start to look at it in a different way because all of those things that I've mentioned have been at the essence of how we've turned up. It's about staying on top of things. It's about keeping that fear away from yourself and and feeling comfortable that you've built the brand and you've built the identity that's acceptable. But that's moving you away from what it is to be human. So COVID has absolutely changed the way we're all thinking right now. But the important thing is, is that there's an opportunity now to have a look at how do we step into whatever the new world is going to be with a human lens on that. And the things I'm going to share with you here are really nothing that is, I think, groundbreaking. In fact, many of you will be doing these things today. Many of you will espouse that you're doing them, but you're not doing them, and others won't be doing them at all. And I just hope that for whether it's for a reinforcement or for something that you can start to challenge the way that you are today, how do we start to lead more boldly? And I'm not going to say move from a technical to a human approach, but I'm going to say is to add the human approach to the technical so that we really come up with what I call the secret source to really effective human management and really effective driving of of the results. So this is about moving from some hollow words to some real action and talking the talk to walking the walk, if you will. And, And we have that choice. You all have that choice right now. The ability to tap into that human side of yourself that for some of you, I know, and myself included many years ago, had sort of locked away. We've kept it at bay. We've locked it away. We've thrown away the key. Now it's time to go and get that key and combine this with those technical skills and knowledge because if you combine those two things together, it is going to be a, a really, really easy is not the right word. It's going to be a better pathway to get through what has been a really challenging time, not just for you as a manager, but for all of the people that you work with. So here's some simple and practical tips for you out of my first book that I really think are important for you to consider, and you might pick up one or two of these at a time. Perhaps don't try and do them all at once because you might, what I do call, spook the horses. I'll be wondering what the bloody hell's happened to you if you change too quickly. Adaptive change is about small steps over a long period of time. The game of human is a long game. So don't try and do them all. And I think this is one of the challenges we have. We get all uh, fired up about and motivated to change, and we try to change too many things at once, and then we blow everything up. So here's some things to think about. Number one is to be truly present when interacting with your work colleagues or even with your family, whoever it might be, but particularly with your direct reports if you have them. You know, no phones or laptop tapping will cut it for you. If you're on a Zoom call, a Teams call, if you're back in the office, when you are with your people, be with them. Be present. Don't be distracted by other stuff's going on. Number two 
is take a genuine interest in what they do outside of the work component of their lives because work is part of our lives and it's not about work-life balance. It's about life design. Be genuinely interested when you have a conversation with them. Ask the second, third and fourth questions. Don't sort of use it as the icebreaker of how was your weekend and then let's get into the work. Spend some time to get to know a bit more. And for the really, really good human managers, they will start conversations with checking back in on something they learned about last time. It actually says you give a shit. Number three is be very, very open to saying, I don't know the answer right now. You don't have to know the answer just because you might have a fancy title. People can smell bullshit from a very, very long way away. So be open, be vulnerable to letting your people know that you don't know the answer. And now whether that's the people that report to you, your peers, or it might be your manager, it might be your manager's manager, it could be your clients. But rather than try to bullshit your way through, the human thing to do is to be vulnerable and say, I just don't know right now, but can somebody help me with that? Or let me go away and see what I can find out. Number four, finding 30 to 60 minutes a week to just engage in what I'm going to call social chit-chat. Some people call it talking shit with your entire team. Keep it non-task related. Come up with some sort of signal, some sort of physical signal that if you start to get dragged back into the work stuff, that somebody doesn't shut people down with a, hey, stop doing that, but maybe just some sort of signal. We used to put put our thumb on our forehead and just that was the signal that say, let's get back to talking about the other stuff. So finding that 30 to 60 minutes is going to help do what humans love to do is to build deeper connection, find commonality and feel that really strong sense of belonging. This is work, fellow humans. This is the human work that helps the technical work happen so much more. So if you've got 168 hours in the week and, you know, let's say that maybe 40 to 50, maybe 60 for some of you is work, I'm talking about finding 60 minutes in a week to engage in some playful social chit-chat. Number five, ask for help. Ask for some advice on a challenge that you're facing. It could be a work-related challenge. It could be something outside of work. It might be something that because you've built connection, you know someone else in your team has been through it. It's never a bad thing. In fact, it's a very, very human thing to ask other people to help you. If there was some way we could create a KPI for helpfulness, I think that would be amazing, but we don't need to go that far. We just need to know that it is okay, or you need to know it's okay to ask someone for help. Number six is also being helpful yourself. And if you need, or if you come across one of your people that's struggling, just Step into that. Have a conversation with them about how can I help you? I think it's a really important one, which leads us into the next one, which is saying thank you. Now, two words not used enough, and there's another part to this as well. When you thank someone for something that they've done, make sure you're really, really clear about what it is they've done. Don't just say thank you for your help, go into that next level of detail. Thank you for solving that problem for me. Thank you for challenging me when I was going down a pathway that wasn't going to work. Thank you for the way that you represented our group at that meeting. I thought it was 
really courageous of you to say what you did. Be really, really clear. It's a bit like when people say to me, when I'm coaching them, they're like, I don't know why I'm here because my boss tells me I do a good job. And I'm like, a good job at what? And they go, well, I don't know. They just tell me I do a good job. The thank you piece is the same, is to be really prescriptive about that, acknowledging something. And look, even to the next extent I'm going to say is, and I'm an old-fashioned dude. I'm, uh, As uh, I heard Snoop Dogg say on a podcast the other day, he's at the fifth floor now, so am I. I'm at uh, halfway up the fifth floor, nearly at 54 is good old-fashioned handwritten thank yous are absolutely loved by people. So go to that extent. Being really human is to write someone a note and say thank you for something. The next one is about recognition and recognition in a timely manner. So when somebody does something really well, whether it's about your results or a milestone for them, could be work-related or not work-related, just make sure you recognize that, acknowledge that, Be also conscious as well. Some people prefer to be acknowledged one-to-one. Others might prefer to be acknowledged in the group. Just get a sense of that when you're talking to your people about, you know, how does it feel for you to be acknowledged either in a group or as one-to-one? What would you prefer? And just make sure that you do it that way. But I think the most important thing there is to recognize and acknowledge great results and big milestones for people in a very, very timely manner. The next one is all about winging it and living in the moment. Like, I know it's challenging at the minute, but as we start to step back into the workplaces, rather than a virtual coffee or a virtual catch-up, it could be a face-to-face one now, you don't have to schedule these things two weeks in advance in the diary. Just take the opportunity at times, be more creative and be more open, be more explorative to go, hey, let's just go and catch up now. Let's go out and have a chat. Let's go and have a coffee. Just wing it live in the moment, keep it really natural. It doesn't need to be about anything in particular. You go out, you start a conversation, who knows where it will go. But what you're doing is you're showing that you are invested in someone. It doesn't have to be something that's planned and staged and scripted. In fact, some of the best conversations I've had on this podcast have been where people have just turned up and we were going to have a chat before the podcast, but we just did a podcast. Because we winged it, we lived in the moment, and we found out some pretty incredible things about each other. And most importantly, we built a connection because we practiced being human. The next one's about keeping commitments. And I know, you know, there's this busyness and we're all busy and we've got things going on. But one of the things that pisses people off the most is if you're supposed to be doing a one-to-one or a coaching session or some sort of catch-up with one of your team or maybe more of your team, go with that old excuse of, oh, something else has come up. Can we just do that next week or can we do it next month or whatever it is? It absolutely sends this message to people that they're not important. Now, you might be able to dress that up any other way you like, but at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. You are not important enough right now because something's become more important. The issue with that is, is the more you do it, the less people feel a sense of belonging, a sense of relevance, a sense of their contribution being acknowledged, and it ultimately starts to impact on those human-to-human relationships. So keep your commitments. If there are times that are extenuating circumstances, make sure you reset a time when you tell someone you can't make it there, but don't break those commitments. Keep your commitments to your people. 
because they will respect you for that and they will know that they're important. And then the last one, and this is one I um, stumbled across myself because as part of my experiment of seeing what would happen if I did treat people as human beings, I actually flipped these two things around. I may have spoken about this one before. Once a month, we'd have a chat as a group and some of that social chit-chat and I would ask them what they enjoyed at work in that month and what they achieved outside of work in that month. So basically flipping it around and rewiring our brains to think that enjoyment can be at work. And I'm sure many of us enjoy lots of things at work. We just don't talk about them a lot. And we can talk about what people have achieved outside of work. So this is something that I would really encourage you to really tap into that humanness and say, let's start talking about what we've enjoyed at work, people. What you will find, it's what happens between people is what people really enjoy at work. It's the helpfulness. It's the thankfulness. It's the care. It's the fun we had. It's the project we delivered on. It's someone challenging me to see something in a different way. It is what happens between human beings where the enjoyment helps the other work happen really well. And then if we look at achievements outside of work, it continues to build and solidify those connections, those commonalities. We get a good sense of the person outside the workplace, what's important to them, what's important to them with their families or their communities or wherever it might be. We just continue to build that relationship. So I'm going to, uh, going to finish this one up now. I just want you to think about this. We don't need to become more human. We just need to step into our humanness that's always been there. We are a social species. We like to be connected. We like a sense of belonging. We've got to get away from this idea that it's all about the soft and fluffy stuff, the soft skills, the holding hands, singing kumbaya, standing around in a circle. What it's really about is looking into the mirror And having a really genuine look at yourself, looking at what you were doing at the moment that may have served you well in the past, but won't serve you as well going forward and starting to step into things like being genuine, showing care, being firm but fair and being open to the possibility that even better results can come in the workplace if not if we become more human, but if we embrace the human skills and the human work and we combine that with the technical work. So I look at it this way. Right now for you, your people, your business, your family, your community will all benefit by stepping into your humanness, whether it be as a manager, whether it be as a partner, whether it be as a parent, whether it be as a friend, whether it be around acts of leadership, you have a great opportunity to step into this and you have a choice. You can say, I can't change because you can't teach an old dog new tricks or I'm stuck in this way because it's served me really well or I'm just new at this and I'm just sort of learning the way. But I think those things are excuses. Those things are part of you writing the invitation to your own pity party and I think it's a great time for you now to step out of that look into the mirror, open up your good news filing cabinet and look at the good things that will happen when you combine the human work with the technical work. So there you go. Some things to think about. 
again, if you love this one and if it's flicked a few switches for you, given you some aha moments, maybe even given you some things to think about sharing with others, I'd love you to rate it five stars. And, and please give us a review. Love to see some reviews. Share this. If you did like it, share it with your friends. I know there is quite a bit of sharing going on with uh, with these shorter, sharper podcasts and um, getting a few notes back from some people around. I've shared it with someone and they were a bit shitty when I first did it because they thought I was having a go at them. But in the end, they took it with the spirit and the intention that it was given to them in and they've found that they've improved. So there's some things to think about, fellow humans. As I always say, to finish it off, keep it simple, keep it practical and keep it human. Bye for now.